Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest happenings in the manga and anime worlds. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock? Doing great. Glad to be here as always, Kevin. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. We're going to be getting introduced to a new manga today. Uh, one manga that you and I have heard a lot about, I know, but we haven't actually gotten a chance to either uh, jump into it. And that that manga is going to be Yukinobu's Tatsu Dadadan. And we're going to actually be reviewing the first eight chapters because that makes up the first story arc of Dan Dan Dan. And that's uh, the Turbo Granny arc. So we'll be reviewing that today. And so it's very exciting to jump into a new manga and especially a new manga series that has been going on for a while now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So but before we get jump into all, do some quick housekeeping here, as always, good to f- follow the work Rock and I do over on the ConcRevolution.com website, where we post a bunch of features on the comics and ma- manga industry, from, especially on the manga side of things. You could check out what my re- recent commentary on what's going on in the Naruto mangas and also uh, what recently happened in, in uh, Kaiju number eight. So if you want to check out what developments happened there and what, what kind of my theories and my co- commentaries on there um, and also Rock's posting a lot more there as well. So you could check out his commentaries too. Um, and you could also follow the uh, Conquer Revolution on Twitter at CB Revolution and also the Manga Revolution podcast on Twitter at Star, at the Manga podcast where we post all, all the newest episodes. So if you want to catch up on, on that stuff along with on the website and you could also follow me on Twitter and TikTok at the Kevin Linus and on Instagram at Kevin L007. Rock, where can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with two K's revolution. Awesome. As, as I mentioned uh, before, we are going to be reviewing um, Yukinobu Tatsu's Da Da Dan uh, today. And we're going to be reading the first eight chapters that makes up the Turbo Granny arc. But before we get into the manga itself, I, I had some interesting notes on uh, Tatsu's history because Rock, you're, you're, you're probably going to love this, that Tatsu before even working on Dadadan or Dadadan, um, he uh, was the manga assistant for Tatsuki Fujimoto, who you know I know very well from Fire Punch and Chainsaw Man. And then yeah. he also worked as Yuji Kaku's manga assistant for Jijoku Raku as well. So he does have a really in-depth history of working on some re- really big uh franchises. What did you think of that when you I was impressed? I had immediately, of course, you know, when you told me, hey, we're gonna be reviewing this manga for the podcast, I was like, all right, the first thing I do when it's a new one. And it's a manga I don't recognize. I just Google them to see, okay, what's their deal? What's their background? What's their inspiration? What are the mangas that they like a lot? What are their favorite ones? Gives me a little insight into what I might expect on the uh, title. And so the second I found out he was an assistant over on Chainsaw Man, I was like, okay, that's that's really good cred right there. I, I'm expecting some, uh, I'm expecting top-notch work from anyone who's an assistant on Chainsaw Man. Uh, you can't be a schmuck and be an assistant over on Chainsaw Man. It's not going to happen. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you're going. You're going to get some of that uh, Fujimoto energy, right? Yes, from, you from are. <laughs> and, even, and even Kaku, like uh, legendary, his work has become too. Oh, so absolutely. it's like he he has good history of working under two yes. probably of the bigger names that in the manga industry right now too. Absolutely. So, so and I know that you're, you'll probably love this uh, as well. Like this little note that Dedadan um, premiered in 2021, which. I know Rock, you you know that year because uh Kaiju number eight also premiered that that year. Yeah. And so because these two uh mangas premiered at the same time, they were both up for the next manga award. So that came in unfortunately came in second, but it came in second to Kaiju number eight. So it's like kind of just shows you that how tough of a year that was. But like coming in second is still an impressive thing that uh and it just shows you how up there Dadadan is and being recognized as well. 
Oh yeah, coming uh coming in second place uh to Kaiju number eight. There's absolutely zero shame in that at all. That's some stiff competition. Yeah, uh, that's still a great showing. Yeah, and, and again, it kind of shows and I know that 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 has been announced to get an anime adaption as well. So it's nice. probably gonna gain more popularity and from from what I saw as well up to, up to the recording of this podcast, there's been ninety-three chapters um released so far and in, they've released in eight volumes as of uh, this past month in Japan as well, and they've there's over two like uh, about two million uh, copies in circulation so far of the manga. So like without and this is without an anime or anything like yeah. that. So two million copies in circulation. That's re- a really cool thing, and and kind of just shows that like especially with newer manga that we, uh that there's getting a lot of traction even if they don't have an anime because we I know we saw that with Spike's Family, we've seen yeah. that with yeah. Kaiju Number Eight as well before, yep. um so. So that's a good thing, and so I'm sure that w- once an anime comes out, that's just going uh, that number is going to increase really hard. There's zero doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> anime is it automatically <laughs> leads to every time an anime rolls out, you always see a bump. It's yeah, a matter of that bump is going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, and you and you see that with like stuff with like what re- most recently we saw how Blue Lock has just blown up, yeah. right? Of like Blue right. Lock, especially with the tie into the World Cup and then the anime itself, mm-hmm. like Blue Lock has just blown up like it's like i think number one right now so i'm sure dadadan could reach that similar level of of where spikes family and blue lock and other new, newer mangas that have been getting anime adaptions and stuff like that as well oh definitely um but yeah so when it comes to uh dadadan um we, we are dealing with the first eight chapters like i mentioned before um that that does give uh take up the turbo granny arc which the these eight chapters are you would you you will find in volume one and volume two of the manga series, um, and and the, we have basically while we're introduced to a couple characters in this, it's really about two main characters plus another side character. Uh, the first one is Momo Ayashi, uh, who is this kind of confident, bold, and outspoken young girl who like she knows what she wants, especially in a guy. Um, we even open up in this first the first chapter where she's like. She just breaks up with a dude. Her friends console her, and she's like, "I just can't help myself. I want a tough dude. And if if they look and sound like Ken Takakura, um, who's a legendary actor, who's actually a real life actor, Rock, and I yep. know you all know him from he was in in uh, Black Rain and Forty Seven Ronin and Mister Baseball, but yep. he was also in two hundred other films. So he's a legendary actor. I picked those three because I knew Rock. That those are the three that y'all know for That's sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was like a little cool characteristic because you don't we don't get that from many manga protagonists of like a bringing in a real life actor and then just straight up saying, "Yeah, this is the type of person I'm into." Yeah, no, I thought this was a neat touch because the second they mentioned the name, I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, I know that actor. I know who that is? I'm a huge fan. I, I love baseball, and so Mr. Baseball is like one of my favorite baseball movies. I just think it's awesome. I mean, Tom yeah. Selleck over there in Japan, it was just great movie and uh black rain you know anything from the 80s kevin i'm gonna mm-hmm. like and anything keanu reeves 47 ronan i'm gonna like so <laughs> I, I saw that name and i was like wait a minute i know this guy <laughs> yeah and it's a it's an interesting thing just because with uh momo Ayashi, um we don't get especially female protagonists like portrayed this way in in manga um where she's already starting off with like i know what what i'm into yes and like she has no <laughs> shame about it either and like so nope. It's actually kind of refreshing that we got this type of female lead character, especially because she I would say she is definitely the lead character, whereas like, yeah, our, our second second character, where his name is also Ken Takakaru. <laughs> um, and um, 
he he does definitely feel like the second lead. He's not the yeah. ma- main character here, at least in uh here at the beginning. Um, and be- and that's also because in, it, compared to Momo War, who's mo- much more outgoing, Ken is much more introverted. He's like definitely socially awkward, um, and just kind of follows Momo with whatever antics that she's getting into and like and especially with what happens to them in this story arc um like there there is that nice balance and like Momo is obviously the lead here um and and that also leads into what what's funny about their relationship is that because his name is Kenta Kakaru um and as soon as Momo learns that she's like yeah I can't do that like <laughs> like her her heart heart starts fluttering she's like yeah any just mentioning his name she gets real like she's like yeah, I can't She's do that, cool. especially especially with how nerdy you are, and yes. you are not the Kenta Kakaru that I know and watch from uh, films. There's no way I could call you that. So she decides to nickname him uh, uh, Okaraon, uh, who like because he's into occult stuff as well. Because that's the other difference between the two is that we start off with Momo believing in ghosts and su- the supernatural, while um, Ken he um, believes in more of the aliens and sci-fi stuff and that those are real and that that's really where we start this first story is that ken and momo have this disagreement and saying you know what no ufos exist no ghosts exist all right i'll prove like they each are like all right i'll prove it to you so here's the like ken gives momo a location where aliens are supposed to be roaming around while uh momo gives ken information on this like uh abandoned tunnel where a, go- a ghost named turbo granny is supposed to appear and so they they both challenge each other to uh, make the other believe in their what they they believe in um but what turns out is that this world is a world where both ghosts and aliens appear and uh, momo and ken learn that very quickly um as ken gets um taken taken over by the turbo granny um, because he loses a race uh, to her and so he gets cursed by her um and gets taken over by the turbo granny while momo she also get uh, unfortunately gets abducted by some aliens and almost uh which i didn't honestly expect rock of like bringing in uh almost raped by the yeah. by by these aliens uh because yes. they're all all male aliens because there's no i guess female aliens that exist right. in their world yeah. um but she is yeah. luckily thankfully rescued by ken yeah. who is <laughs> in his turbo granny form saves her before uh the aliens could do anything to her and uh and while ken is able to take them on it is in a in full control of turbo granny so momo does unlock some latent um psychic powers as um and is and along with ken is able to defeat the the aliens and like they they both kind of make it out and that's and the rest of the story is really them dealing with their new situation with uh momo now discovering that she has superpowers and um she also has because she also has background where she lives with her grandmother who is a medium and then ken now is possessed by the turbo granny so they're both they both have to deal with like can we exercise uh can, the turbo granny out of ken or how how do we go back to just our regular lives um because de- definitely we've both been changed and the, the eight chapters are are just dealing with that so rock what, what did you think of how they set up the world especially with like we we almost had one or the other of like the supernatural or the, the sci-fi, but we get both. What did you think of that? I I like how we get the world in this manga, in particular because some of the newer manga that we've reviewed recently, we've been talking about how manga have either engaged in a ton of exposition um, to 
explain the world to us. And sometimes it's too much of an exposition dump. Sometimes you're telling us way too much and we're like, show us, don't tell us. And I feel like here, what I really enjoy about the world that Tatsu creates is he doesn't, Kevin, he never tells us. There's no real exposition explain for, dump from any of the characters. There's a little bit. I mean, the grandma gives you a little bit of information, but it's it's not a, it's not a lot. And Momo might give you a little bit that she knows from her grandma, but it's not a lot. Most of it is we just learn it as we move along. Aliens, we learn about that as we move along. You know, the occult, the ghosts, Turbo Granny, we learn about that as we move along. A lot of it is is shown to us. I prefer that approach. It's, it's more. I felt like I was engage more with the story rather than being a passive observer. Yeah, and I think it stays in line with the characters that he, that uh, Tatsu introduces us to because all three of them, we have Momo, who's very outgoing, straightforward. She's not going to spend a lot of time explaining things either, or she also doesn't pay attention <laughs> sometimes very well. And then we have Ken, who's uh, socially awkward, so he doesn't really know how to talk to you. He's even talking to Momo. It's He's still awkward, and he's like, this is really my first... Not just my the first girl I'm talking to, but just the first person in general I'm yeah, talking to. Exactly. So obviously he's not going to be good at explaining things. Yeah. And then you have the grandmother like that we meet um, later on as well. I think in the third chapter, who's just like she is very aloof and all that stuff. So what I like about Tatsu's writing is that he comes in with knowing these are the char- type of characters I'm writing. I'm not going to make one an exposition character. I'm just going to keep them in line with who they are and who I want them to be presented as. And that just allows the story to flow a, a lot more naturally and just a world building to like be like, Hey, I'm confident in my artwork as well. Like I'm mm-hmm. a really good artist and um, you could really tell, I think that's where I see the whole, um, how he is inspired by Fujimoto and Kaku, like uh, when yes. he was working as mangaka assistant, because we see that over in Chainsaw Man, we see that where Kaku's working Jinjoku Karu um, of they, they are very much about that as well. And the world building, the, they want to stay true to the characters and he's, they're not going to introduce a character just for exposition purposes. And yeah. you can see, I think that like, cause I don't even think the artwork is inspired by either of them. I think his writing oh. style is in, inspired by what Fujimoto and Kaku and what probably he learned while working under those two is the, the storytelling and how to introduce characters and not to have a character just for, um, to just explain things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, you're right. Tatsu's style of art is is certainly his own, but the storytelling. Oh, I've only Chainsaw Man is the one I'll go to because that's the one I've read of the two manga that he's been an assistant on. And in Chainsaw Man, absolutely, Fujimoto is known for he does he just he's not going to introduce a character who's going to be there for exposition dumping. He's not going to do it, and as a result, Fujimoto does require the artwork to carry a lot of the story. He also makes the reader learn about things by experiencing it and by being shown it rather than being told it that that style of storytelling you definitely see here with tatsu's story there's no doubt about it he's going to make the reader experience everything and learn about this world as we move along these characters are going to be true to who they are and they're not just going to be a mouthpiece for the mangaka and i appreciate that it makes it more interesting yeah, and I think especially getting into how this is both sci-fi and supernatural, where yeah. both these characters, like one character believes in the supernatural, one character believes in the sci-fi, um, but both of them end up being right about things. And they're both shown that like 
they're kind of both surprised that that it is real, but like, um, but they they do have some knowledge in in their respective fields, but they're not like super experts or they're coming in with a bunch of knowledge. They're like, as soon as they learn it, they're like, oh, this is exciting. Let's learn more about it or something like that. And um, so you're kind of you still feel like kind of like with Chainsaw Man, going back to that of like with the main character, you're discovering the world along with them. And I think that's a yes. much, uh, much better way of doing things, especially if you're not going to have a character that's designed to explain things to you. Um, where we do kind of have that with the grandmother that we get introduced later yeah. on, but even she, she's like, you know what, my, 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 my granddaughter's an asshole and has been an asshole to me that my entire life, like her entire life. So, you know what, I'm not going to explain things to her. I'll explain to her, explain it to her when, when most necessary, but you know what? Yes. And it, it kind of stays true. And I, I think that's a cool way to deal with like not getting into the characters themselves of like, Hey, uh, the characters already have a uh, pre-existing history with one another. And he's not going to abandon the pre-existing history just because now we're into like both our main characters are introduced to the new world. Right. And I like that. I think the use of the grandmother is quite brilliant actually, because a lot of times in a shonen manga, the, that grandparent figure, that older figure becomes the exposition, the exposition dump character, right? They, they become the one who drops all the knowledge on the youthful protagonist. And I like that, that Tatsu subverts that trope and has the grandmother go, no, 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 I'm not going to, you, you figure it out on your own. I'm only going to tell you when it's absolutely necessary after you've screwed up, after you're defeated, after you're confused, then I'll tell you because you've been a little punk up, up until now. I like <laughs> that approach and i also like even though the grandmother does know a lot about the occult she knows nothing about aliens and ufos so the sci-fi stuff she's useless on in fact she doesn't even believe in aliens and ufos yeah. so i like that even though she does know about the cult she knows nothing about the sci-fi alien stuff and i think that makes this world more interesting and i also like that even though ken is interested in aliens and ufos He's his knowledge is very limited, obviously. And even though Momo it mm -hmm. believes in Ghost, her knowledge base of the occult is very limited. So even though they have their interests, they're very limited in their mm -hmm. actual knowledge. And I think the two characters are a great way to make this a world where you can have the occult and mm -hmm. the sci-fi alien coexist at the same time, and it makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? And I, yeah, and I think it it's also smart where. Even though it is based in our our kind of world, there yeah. are things that like, oh, no, these are like uh, Tatsu adds some future elements of like yeah. where he even brings up the Obama administration and how they they, yeah. they actually won the space race and stuff like that, right. that they set up colonies and other planets and stuff like that. So there's little touches of like, yes, it is kind of based in a real world, but I have some elements of like, no, there's things that happen in this world that did not happen in our world. And that is totally fine. I think introducing that right away when it comes to like Ken, like Ken talking about like space and why he's right. he believes in UFOs and all that stuff. I think it's a good good thing of like, hey, yeah, there, there's things in this world that haven't happened in our in the real world for us. But it, it's just more so that like to give a more of a natural explanation of why like, oh, I'm bringing in aliens into this or I'm bringing more space into it that, yes, like it, it's still crazy because like the, the the aliens that we get are, especially not the aliens I thought we would get introduced to. I was like, um oh yes tattoo really does uh um i could tell why this is 18 plus and like especially with the start because like it's he it starts off super hard and i was just like i was not prepared for the way he was about to start now it's actually kind of it did add fear fear to me i was like is it, am i about to read the, what i'm about to read but i'm glad that that it was just set up to for momo to kind of be saved and then she saves uh uh, Ken, but I was just, it did create some worry in me.
Yeah, yeah, because you told me when we you told me we were gonna read Dan did and you're like, hey, by the way, it's not in the Shonen Jump app, so you're gonna have to read it on online at the uh, on Viz's website uh, because it's 18 plus. And I was like, 18 plus, uh, okay, cool. Uh, wow. So I was expecting something. It's 18 plus, right? Yeah. So I think it's gonna have something in it. Yeah, you're expecting like etchy, out. like you're expecting etchy elements or something like that, right? Well, yeah, a little edgy, you know. But like, you know, great teacher, Onizuka, something like that, you know, a little edgy. But man, did Tatsu just rip the Band-Aid off right with yeah. the beginning, Kevin? I was like, Woo! my God, because those aliens, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just saying when you read it, just prepare yourself because their man parts are not natural and they are very extreme. Uh, and <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, did not expect this. I did, yeah. did not expect this. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. It's it actually. But the thing is, it works. Um, it worked fine with the scene. The scene doesn't go where you think it's going to go. And, and it, it all works out and Tatsu, you know, backs off it, um, backs off. It's not like you're going to get, it's, you know, just unrelenting all the way through. That'd probably be too much, but he, he backs off. He uses it when necessary. The adult theming, like, you know, the, the turbo granny does steal, you know, our, our poor Ken's, um, man parts. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> yep, his man parts, and uh, she does steal them. And uh, so the, the, he he plays with adult themes, but it's never, it, you know, it's it's never anything you know out of control yeah. or uh, yes, you know, you're you're not going to want to give it to probably your kid to read. But you yeah. know, if you're someone who doesn't mind adult theming but doesn't really want to go, you know, all the way into tentacle porn, then don't worry, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think. I, I definitely was worried about that. Like reading that first chapter, I was like, "How much are we going to get of this?" Especially of like, wait, right. are are they going to sexualize Momo too much in this? And that that was definitely my concern because, especially with, with the with the start of like, because they do start off with like, as Momo gets captured, she gets stripped and almost stripped down oh, to yeah. her bra and panties and stuff like that. And you're like yes. concerned about is she going to yes. get raped? And obviously she doesn't. Luckily, um, right. she doesn't. And yes. um, but after that, like after that first chapter. Tatsu doesn't really get into that stuff of like sexualizing Momo. Yeah, she it, like really. Momo is really the, more of the hero character in this. Um, and she's the one saving the day mm-hmm. from like and the the most we get is more Ken, like he's being shirtless or like in his boxer boxer briefs for for the most part. And that's really like the most that we get for the at least the eight chapters that we read um for this podcast. Um and so yeah. I was glad that they like uh Tatsu went away from that after the first chapter where like, no, we're not going to put Ken or Momo in these dangerous situations where something sexual is going to happen to them or something like that. It's cool. It's more now the the other seven chapters are focused on the action, developing the world and developing the the characters and their relationships with one another. And I was like, okay, thank God, (laughs) to be honest, I was like, the most extreme part of the story. Yeah. No no doubt about it. Uh, From there, it, it, Tatsu kind of kind of backs off uh, for the remainder of the eight yeah. chapters. It's it's fine. It's yeah. it's. Um, I I have zero problem. I think the adult nature of the manga is is fine. It's yeah. it works fine with me. It's it it never. Yeah. I, yeah. Unless you're like really prudish, I can't believe you'd be very. Yeah, and and, and and really like the only character after the first chapter really like because 
uh, with Momo uh, and and Ken, like neither are sexualized, which which is a good thing because they're both teenagers. And I think the only character that really is sexualized by Tatsu is the grandmother, surprisingly enough. (laughs) But that is very much sticking to her. (laughs) That that is very much sticking to their grandmother because I was like, she's not like any grandmother I've seen before. No, no, not at all. I did, oh. I did not see that coming when when they when he unveils because you see the first time we see uh, Seiko, she's she's you know she's she's like under wraps, right? She's like a, yeah. a, a shawl with a hood, so you don't really see her. And then when they finally unveil her and she's like a really attractive young looking woman you're like wait what grandma uh-oh oh no am i supposed to be a tur- attracted to a grandma <laughs> you're you're yeah because you're you're kind of expecting especially with these type of manga like yes. that deal with like the cult or deal with space yeah. you're like oh this short little dumpy grandmother because yes. that or grandfather like because we always yes. get the grandfather and grandmother figure that's always the joke is that we get this sh- very short yes. looking one but you're like oh you know what momo has some good genes so um <laughs> so that, that that's gonna be a good 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 thing for her um so <laughs> pr- good, good on you um and and i in general when it comes to the characters because again like really we get introduced to three characters it's only the three characters while momo we do get her some of her friends in high school at the first chapter it it is really about momo ken and then the grandmother when she gets introduced later but it's really uh, about momo and ken and i like that tatsu kind of just treats them as regular teenagers too like even though like you mentioned before rock of uh both these characters uh while they're they have interest in like supernatural or, or or ufos and but like typical teenagers they only know some basic stuff they don't they act like they're experts but like as soon as they're they're faced with the real thing they're like oh yeah we don't really know too much uh and and i like that aspect of their relationship because it it, it gets into also the way they interact with each other and then just deal with the situation at hand because they're like they are very much over overwhelmed by as soon as they're brought into both worlds and you're like oh yeah this is how you would expect teenagers because like teenagers are all super cocky about like what they know but as soon as they're faced with they're super they're faced with this type of situation they're like oh shit we're out of uh, yeah uh we weren't expecting this and we're not prepared whatsoever actually yeah agreed the two k momo and ken they're great they're great protagonists i really like them as a team they complement each other very well you know momo obviously being the out the outgoing, popular girl in school and Ken being the shy, super nerdy kid who has no friends at school. So it's a good oil and water pairing. They complement each other very well in the fight scenes, which I like each one kind of supports the other one in a very natural fashion. And that's what makes the two of them together such a daunting and, and, and imposing team to fight. So, so they really do complement each other really well, not just personally and, and from the, from in terms of the uh, pairing of the personalities, but also their fighting styles as well. And I, I also like that, yes, we're going to have the romantic tension existing, right? Ken Takakura has the name of Momo's crush and so that kind of creates feelings in her and she likes ken he's nice and ken of course likes momo because well she's pretty unpopular and she talks to him and he likes her but but you know you can tell we're gonna have that we're gonna have that tension but i'm hoping we keep it at that level for a good long time because that's what makes the story fun you don't want to get them together then it's not as fun and I think that goes into like more giving Ken the nickname of Okoron yes. of like saying, yeah, as soon as, because, because her thing is that 
just mentioning your name makes me flutter because yes. because I just think like I picture the actor. She's not it's not because she's physically attracted or like right. even attracted to his personality or anything like yeah. that. It's just that she's so in love with the actor Kentakaru that he, she's like just mentioning his name is like gets my heart fluttered and just makes me think of him. And it's like then she sees Ken the 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 Ken from her class. She's like. Yeah, you are not supposed. You are We're not, not anything like the actor. Like, so I cannot even say your name. So I'm gonna give you a nickname. I think that's how Tatsu gets away with. Like, yeah, we're gonna give him a nickname so that way the romantic tension is going to be like probably not the focal point of the series. And uh, maybe maybe later on once they are like getting to know each other better and interacting more, that then we'll bring up more romantic thing. But um, like we get that in the definitely in the second chapter where she's like, yeah, yeah, we can't. I can't have that because. I'm too attracted just by the name, like so. And and I'm glad that she he establishes that is that she is not that she's attracted to, uh, um, Okurun. Right. Is that she is? It's basically just a name that she's attracted to. That she's like, yeah, I can't deal with that. So we're we're just giving him a nickname. Um. So and I think that's a cool way to just give the character a nickname and and a reason why and like you don't have to explain it anymore afterwards. Um, right. and and I also like that with Momo because. Um, Momo is such a different type of protagonist that we get usually in Shonen Jump because I would say Okudon with Ken, he's more the typical, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, socially awkward, yeah. He, no yeah. friends. This is the character that we expected we get in a manga. Whereas yeah. Momo, she is very much confident. She is she is bold. She knows she knows what she wants, which like in her case is like she wants a boyfriend that's a tough guy, just like her favorite actor. Yeah. And then also, and then and then she's believes in ghosts and supernatural stuff as well and yeah. she's like she's proud of it as well and yeah. i feel like especially with the female protagonist we never get this type of character yeah. as much especially in manga and i'm glad that tatsu does he's like yeah i'm going to just give give this confident character that might make her my serious lead obviously i'm going to have ken in there but i'm going to yeah. have this different type of character and i'm I'm glad that we get that because i feel like we don't get that enough here in, in manga especially yeah, she's. I like. I like how Momo is presented. It's something different. It makes her interesting. It makes her stand out immediately too at the beginning. And honestly, you know, the same applies. Tatsu's treatment of uh, the grandmother uh, Seiko is the same way. She's yeah. really unique. It's not the kind of grandmother that we ever get to see at all. I mean, physically, obviously, mm-hmm. totally different. And personality-wise, she's crazy, yeah. which is why I like. Her. <laughs> yeah, especially especially when it comes to like. Anytime we deal with a, a cult and like the grandmother, grandfather figure, like usually they're the wise or the one that you get you you get advice when you need it. But here she's not that way. She's like, uh-uh. I'm just gonna help when I, I think I need to help you guys. But outside of that, like you're 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 kind of shit out of luck here. <laughs> yes, I, I like when they finally you know defeat Turbo Granny and and Ken gets his uh, junk back. Kevin, uh, you know what what is Seiko the grandmother Amelia saying? Drop your pants. Let me take a look. Like what? What grandmother says that, Kevin? What grandmother says that? Oh yeah, and then and then I also just like the and it also makes good use of like the Turbo Granny as like the main thread of this as well. Just getting into the like the the, um that uh, I like how Turbo Granny is um it portrayed like just because it's easy to hate her and easy to understand why you should not like her and all that stuff and then. It's a good way also of introducing all the other monsters that we get in here, like all the other spirits with the uh, Flatwoods monster and then the Earthbound spirit crab. Like you got these. Who's a big giant crab? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. And then that that the Turbo Granny gets merged into as well. Like it takes a new form and like, you know, then that causes Momo and Ken to have to like be creative about the way that they 
they yep. solve the issue because they're like overrun by all these spirits and having to deal yeah. with it. And I'm glad that I'm glad at least in the first cha- uh, first story arc we have here, we're um, even though we were got introduced to both aliens and spirits right away. Mm-hmm. Now we know both of them exist. That like the first the rest of the first arc really just dealt with the spirit side of things, and it was a good focus for that because then it just challenged the two characters instead of just throwing everything at us like every single story arc of like the aliens and the, and, and the spirits you could do that later on yeah, at least initially starting out now that we've been introduced to both concepts mm-hmm. let's focus on one and then later on as the story arcs get bigger and the characters are more fleshed out i could deal with both threats yeah agreed i know turbo granny is super cool villain which by the way you remember seeing turbo granny over in mob psycho right remember where yeah Psycho had uh, Della Turbo Granny. Uh, yeah, Turbo no, Granny no, that that Turbo Granny was a uh, different type of Turbo Granny. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's much raunchier, Kevin. She uh, she steals the genitals of anyone who enters her uh, area, I guess. But I like how she merges with the bound spirit of. There's a bound spirit that's created from all the these these girls that were all killed in the area by a by some I don't know some mass murder or something. We're not too sure, but all these girls were killed in the area, and Turbo Granny was attracted to them to to try to console these poor souls who were killed well, all these souls became bound spirits that formed that giant crab that that spirit crab which is a cool design and then tattoo's smart enough to have the turbo granny merge with the bound spirit the big crab to create this like super big bad boss at the end so you're kind of leveling up at first you fought just turbo granny and then there's the crab then you merge turbo granny with the crab and then you have the big boss it was a good scaling upward of villains right as we head to the big climactic fight it made it exciting made it fun kept presenting a harder and harder challenge for our protagonists they had to get creative in defeating the bound spirit combined with turbo granny even the grandmother psycho had to come into the mix as well so you had all three characters had to kind of come combine to beat this really big bad it's just it was smart fight psychology it was really good construction of of the villain and how they had to keep leveling up to defeat it at the end good action i liked how he how he framed it yeah and i think that gets into the artwork of of tatsu's as well like i think he has really good artwork right out of gate you could tell like he has some inspiration from working under kaku and um fujimoto but it's he does kind of make it his own presents it as his own style and I especially like his main character designs of like with Momo, even though she is the Giru that uh, type character, I think her, her design stands out even from her friends. And then like with um, Ken, you do get an initial design. You're like, Oh, this guy is like very average looking kind of almost yeah. like kind of the mob cycle, like mob look. Yeah. But then later on, like he gets his hair fried and he gets the curly hair. So he gets a little yeah. bit more, more unique standout features yeah. there. And then yep. you have the grandmother as well. Like she definitely stands out as soon as she appears and yes. takes off the cloak. You're like, so you have the three characters that we, uh, the three main characters here. And, um, and I like that with, with the background characters that we do get in the story, it makes the main character stand out even more because they have yep. their own unique design, even though um, there, there are types. Um, uh, Tatsu does a good job when it comes to his three main characters that w- we follow throughout this of like yeah they're the most unique design and this is why they're the main characters and, and I, I think he handles each one well to fit the personalities that that they each have as well no I agree uh, the, all three characters I like their character designs Momo is the I mean, look she it is it's that classic schoolgirl look but she looks unique it, she has a style unique to her she does stand out from the other characters I like that approach ken obviously he has he has a very stereotypical style with the big glasses he's very small but his his supernatural form when he when he has the 
Turbo Granny powers. Is very cool looking, Kevin. He gets much bigger, much taller. He's he's very sleek. He looks cool. It's a great design. It's very unique. It stands out. And then, of course, the grandmother Seiko, her design is awesome. She's obviously she's the good. It's good girl style art, no doubt about it. But I love how she has really long her unique trait for me, which I think is a very brilliant character design because you I, I've never seen it outside of Night Girl in the Silver Age version of the Legion. Seiko has extremely long hair, but she puts it up in this cartoonishly large beehive. Yeah, that, that, I knew that you, that was what you were, <laughs> what was going to stand out for you the most is that this this huge hair that she has and that's definitely unique to her. Absolutely, it's a fantastic look and it matches her personality, which is very unique as well. She's a bit, and of all the three characters, I think Seiko has the biggest personality, Kevin. Yeah, and, but and also you could see like, yeah, this is definitely Momo's grandmother. There's like oh, she yeah. can't have any other grandmother, and you could see yeah, where. Yeah. Uh, she gets her looks and everything from you're like, oh, yeah, yeah yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and then even like Turbo Granny and like the, the creature designs that uh, design. Tatsu has, like, Turbo Granny looks great, yes. like, she is definitely very scary. Um, and, and like, oh, yeah, um, and then you have the, the giant enemy crab and the flatwood monster as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he does a really good job with the creature design, and I'm glad that we get the, the like three different types, but at the same time, they're all kind of in the in, um kind of in that similar spirit spirit realm i wanted to ask you i noticed see if you got the same impression as as me but the uh the turbo granny i thought while we're talking about the style of art no doubt tatsu has his own style of art compared to fujimoto and his tatsu draws his main characters completely different from how fujimoto draws his characters i mean they're totally different but didn't you kind of think that how Tatsu draws Turbo Granny and how Tatsu draw drew the the giant bounce spirit crab were reminiscent of how Fujimoto draws some of the monsters in Chainsaw Man? Yeah, I think that that's where you could see that Fujimoto's in kind of inspiration of like I think the action and how he frames like with the double page spreads and stuff like that. I think you you could definitely see it. Oh yeah, this is reminiscent of how Chainsaw Man and Fujimoto does thing does the action and like specifically the double page spreads. Anytime we get the double page spreads, I was like, yeah, this is definitely has like that Chainsaw Man inspirations to it at least. Absolutely. And which was the what was the name of the monster that attacks um, attacks them? at the grandmother's house initially. uh the flat flatwoods uh monster flatwoods that, monster thank yeah. you now let me tell you i may i may be seeing things i could be totally wrong here and please if you disagree with me that's cool for some reason that character looked very kirby-esque to me it really yeah. did i liked it it's a great design. That's a compliment. That's a that's my favorite <laughs> artist so i mean anytime i say it's kirby-esque that's the highest compliment i can give any character design yeah, and I think uh, um, I, 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 I overall, I, I really enjoyed the artwork because it has a lot of good detail, but then it, yes. it sticks to some mainstream stuff in terms of like the ma- main characters as well. But yeah. when it gets into the supernatural and even like the alien stuff, like that's where you could see that yes. they're stretching the muscle a little bit and, yes. and getting, getting into that. So it gets me excited to read more um, because, again, the, the first chapter, it was a little weird to me. And I was like, I was definitely after reading the first chapter, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue. And I, I, Kevin, I was wondering, what did Kevin get me into? Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I wondered the same thing because uh, I will be honest that, that first chapter, I was just like, okay, if, if everything, 
if the rest of the series is like this, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm into it because again, while I'm not squeamish on, on like the adult themes and stuff like that, because I read a bunch of adult themed stuff, I think sure. the way he tackled adult themes in the first chapter, I don't think were was the best. Um, and it, it did take. It, I'm glad that I read the second, third, and fourth yeah. chapter and all that stuff yeah. because that in the the second through eighth chapter, I think is where Tatsu I think did a much better job of balancing. Okay, I could, I, I do have an 18 plus series. Right. But that doesn't mean that I need to sexualize my characters too much. I don't need to do right. that stuff. I don't need to rely on that because mm-hmm. there's plenty of etchy stuff and all that stuff and things over there. That's not what my manga series is going right. to be. Yep. My manga series is going to be more like, oh, the characters are going to talk, talk crap with each other, like the grandmother and, Mo- and Momo and stuff like that. That's kind of <laughs> the, the themes and like even how the grandmother acts and stuff like that. Or like even how I'm going to frame my action where I can do kind of like Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man has kind of almost 18 plus action themes as well. And, and a lot of that stuff. So I could do what F- Fujimoto did over there in Chainsaw Man, but I don't have to overly sexualize my characters. And I'm glad that he definitely pulled the, pulled back on, oh, on yeah. that type of stuff with the main character, especially because we're dealing with high schoolers here and all that. Um, so I'm glad that has to recognize what he needs to do for the fall after the first chapter. And that, that is really what sold me on this series is, is that chapters two through eight instead, and because the first chapter was not a good first impression, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it gets uh, the story, you know, for everyone who gives the, this manga a try, just don't worry about the first chapter. Keep reading story gets better. You'll be fine. Trust me. Trust Trust me on this. You'll be fine. I love, you know, Kevin, I just think this is a beautiful looking manga. We always talk about how sometimes manga come out of the block on the, on a, a new manga, their first manga. And they're a little, the art's a little, you can tell maybe it's a little rough. It's, it's not quite, they haven't quite found their, their voice yet with the art. And they're not really grown yet as an artist. They're not polished. This art, Tatsu's art is very, very polished, Kevin right out of the gate extremely polished is good looking art now while momo ken and sego absolutely are traditionally very traditional styled characters that's traditional looking manga art there's nothing amazing or unique about it the monsters the aliens and the demons the creatures they are all phenomenal that's where tatsu really flexes his artistic muscle and shows you all sorts of crazy designs i mean the serpo aliens from the first chapter look insane both in their faux human form and in their full alien form just crazy bonkers insane uh style they look great the demons are all amazing and that's where you see not just the whole this is chainsaw man inspired but with the aliens that you could tell that uh, Tatsu was also a fan of a mob cycle and stuff like that because you're like, oh yeah, a lot of this rem- the the alien stuff reminds oh. me of like mob cycle as well, and, yes. like how he treats them. And, um, so I'm not sure if he was inspired by one there, but it does definitely feel that way. It does. It absolutely does. It's 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 fantastic. So I mean, I recommend. Yeah. I, I I think the art's just from top to bottom is super strong for a new manga. All right, Rock. So. I- I know you, and while I assign you eight chapters, usually when things, you, there's things that you, uh, a manga that you like, yeah, you usually will read ahead, even though I tell you only read the, the, those certain chapters. I'm guessing you read, a, read ahead. How far into this manga have, have you gotten so far? I, I am on chapter 20, Yeah, Kevin. I'm on chapter 20, and let me tell you, my friend, it gets even better. Okay, that that's good to know. And I will also say that um, while I agree with you, Momo is the clear lead in these first eight chapters. 
that Tatsu does a great job evening things out. Okay, so so there is more more balance where there are co-leads yes. in this, right? That's, that's kind of what what's teased in the, like the remaining chapters that they are going to be co-leads, even though you no, know, because of her personality, she kind of takes she takes over. She, she takes leadership of things, yeah. and she's the one in charge, or kind of in charge while Ken is the follower. But it seems like they they are both co-leads in the series. Yeah, it evens out once you get past this these first eight chapters. It evens out, and you can see where we're starting to mix in a few more characters to build out your support okay. past. It's good stuff, though. It, it gets even better. It's great. It's, it's yeah, because really I know, cool. like, I know we end the eighth chapter with with them getting back into school. So I'm I was guessing yeah. that we're that's where we're going to introduce to like the supporting cast because yeah. yeah, that's the one thing that we don't have is. Like outside of the grandmother's the only supporting cast member that we really have here. So I'm guessing because the eighth chapter ends with them going back to school, that that's where we get more characters. It, I there's oh, there's something you're gonna be introduced to, Kevin. That I wish I could say, but I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for you. But it is so it's so awesome. It's like my <laughs> it's my favorite character, but I yeah. say more. <laughs> and I, I could already tell by your taste that I what kind of character that'll be, but <laughs> I'll read it for myself. I just wanted to ask that because I know that usually when there, there's a long running series that you and I both start reading and then yeah. uh, I know that it's good if you've read past the the yeah. assignment. So so yep. I know that that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, Rock, I think that's where we're going to end it. I think we're both big fans of it. We both recommend uh, ch- checking this out. Um, and again, this is another win for Shonen Jump and like you could tell why this has been such a long running series along with, cause it can like I said it before it came out in 2021 along with Kaiju number eight. So it has really good company and you could tell why it's been a long running series uh, and why Shonen Jump has been pushing this series for a while. So um, again, th- again, thank you again, rock for joining me on this episode and it's been very fun and we'll be re- reading a few more mangas here, here in the next few weeks, whether it's a new series or some ongoing ones to get ready for, like even the spring anime season. So be on the lookout for those episodes later this month. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a good rest of your day.